We are a movement. We are a movement committed to believing in God the Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and following their leadership in our lives. We are a movement. We are a movement committed to reflecting God's glory in our lives, both as individuals and as a family. We are a movement. We are a movement committed to uniting as a family that works, prays, and worships together where every member is loved and valued. We are a movement. We are a movement committed to influencing the communities in which we live by changing lives, breaking down walls, and meeting their needs. We are a movement. We are a movement committed to finishing this race, winning the prize, and hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant. We are a movement. What you just heard was the culmination of literally hours of intense research and discussion. On Friday evening, the elders of the First Christian Church and the ministers of the First Christian Church traveled to Chesterton uh, to a hotel uh, where we had a boardroom and, and a couple hotel rooms, uh, and we spent hours together coming up with a vision statement. We wanted to discuss the vision and the plans and the direction that God has for our church family. We met Friday afternoon, Friday evening. We met yesterday morning and yesterday afternoon. And we met for one specific purpose. We wanted to capture the vision that God has for our church family. We believe that what, you have, uh, that we have, that what we have just read for you is God's desired vision for our church family. And this morning I'm putting my regularly scheduled sermon on hold. Uh, this sermon series that we've been doing about mission possible and, and the mission of the church in order to talk about the vision for the church. We're going to talk about this statement of vision that the elders and the ministers just read for you. I want to talk a little bit about what a vision statement is and how we arrived at our vision. And then we're going to elaborate a little bit on what, what each of those sentences means. We'll get back to spreading the gospel in two weeks. Not that we can take a, a break from spreading the gospel, but uh, we'll get back to talking about spreading the gospel in a couple of weeks. Mike Ryan is going to preach next week, and uh, he's got a, a fantastic sermon ready for you. Um, and uh, pray that you come back and, and hear Mike next week talk about what he's going to talk about. He gave us a little sneak preview this weekend at our retreat, and uh, it's going to be uh, powerful and exciting. And, so, uh, and then we'll get back to, like I said, talking about spreading the gospel in two weeks. But as for today, we are a movement. I like to think of a vision statement as the dream of an idealized future. Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. When he said, I have a dream, he could see something in the future. He had vision. John F. Kennedy in the, 19, in the early 1960s had a dream. He had a vision. He could see the United States putting a man on the moon. And that's exactly what happened. He could see that vision, he could see that dream, and that's what happened. Jesus told his disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus had a vision. Jesus had a vision, a dream, where the world would be transformed by his followers as they witnessed to everyone they met. A vision is a dream of an idealized future. 
We looked at a couple of passages of scripture yesterday as we began our discussions about this vision that God has for our church. We looked at Proverbs 29:18, which in the King James Version says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Without God's guidance, we are stuck in the mud. We will not go anywhere and we will wander aimlessly without God's vision. We looked at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 and Paul wrote that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Whatever you can dream of, whatever you can pray for, God can do more than that. God can do so much more by the power of his Holy Spirit that is working within us. And we asked the question yesterday, if we had unlimited resources, what would we do? What could we do? And we began to dream. And we wanted to dream God-sized dreams. Those are the kinds of dreams that we're talking about, these God-sized dreams. We wanted to capture a vision that captures the imagination. A vision that makes people ask, what if? How could the communities in which we live be changed by God if this dream were to come true? How could lives be changed? How could our church family be changed? And as we were led by God's Holy Spirit, we began to understand something. We are a movement. A vision is not something that can be accomplished in a day or two or a week or two. A vision can take years and decades and even centuries to accomplish. But we are a movement. We are going somewhere. We are moving in a direction, in the direction that God wants us to move in. There's a book called More Than Me and You, and it's written by Kevin and Karen Miller. And they tell this story about a couple that lived in London over 130 years ago. I shared this with the elders yesterday. For the first 10 years of their marriage, William Booth especially was in a quandary. What was God calling him to do? And then his wife, Catherine, a skillful Bible teacher, was invited to preach in London. While they were there, William took a late-night walk through the slums of London's East End. Every fifth building was a pub. Most of the pubs had steps up to the counter so little kids could go up there. They could climb up to the bar and order gin. It was the, the, the worst of the worst of situations. That night he told Catherine, I seem to hear a voice sounding in my ears. Where can you go and find heathen such as these? And where is there so great a need for your labors? Darling, I have found my destiny. Later that year, in 1865, the couple opened the Christian mission in London slum. Their life vision to reach down in outers that other Christians ignored. And that simple vision... Started by two people. The simple vision of two people grew into the Salvation Army, which now ministers with more than 3 million people in 91 countries. In 140 years, a ministry that started with two people has become a movement of 3 million people ministering in 91 countries. That is the power of a God-given vision. What began with two people has turned into a worldwide movement that has impacted millions of people for the kingdom of God. The dictionary defines the word movement as an organized effort by supporters of a common goal. An organized effort by supporters of a common goal. I love that. 
This is the dream of the elders and the ministers of the First Christian Church of Griffith, Indiana. We want to be working towards something. We want to be moving towards a goal. We want to be moving towards a dream. We have a direction that God has given us that he is inspired by his Holy Spirit. And I tell you what, I, like I said, I, I, have been, I could hardly sleep last night. I was so excited about getting up here today and sharing this vision with you all and preaching this sermon. Uh, we're sitting in our meeting yesterday, and, and I said, guys, what do you want to do? How do you want to communicate this? We thought, well, we'll get up and we'll read it, and then we're going to talk about it starting in April. Well, that's not good enough. That's in April. This is March. We have a vision. We have a dream. We've got to get up. We've got to talk about it. I said, do you want me to rewrite my sermon? You can do that? I said, I'll do that. So last night, I'm just typing away at my computer as fast as I can. Thoughts are flowing, and the Bible's open, and I'm doing all these things. And I get up at 5.30 this morning, and I'm putting more thoughts down, and I'm typing away for three hours this morning, and I'm all excited. And that's why I'm here this morning. That's why I'm up here preaching today is because I'm excited. I am excited about what God is going to do in the life of this church. I'm excited about what God is going to do in your lives and in my life. I'm excited about the vision that he has given us, the dream that he has given us, and we are going to change this world. I'm excited. The church is a movement. I want... I don't want to be the only one excited, okay? I want you all to get excited about this too. I want you to be a part of something. I want you to be a part of this. I want you to say, I want to be a part of this movement. This church is a movement. Jesus cast a vision that captured the imaginations of his disciples. He said to them in Matthew 4.19, he said to Peter and Andrew, he said, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. These ordinary fishermen heard the vision that Jesus had for them, and they left their nets at once, the Bible says, to follow Jesus. Can you hear Jesus' dream? Can you hear his vision? How will you respond? Do you want to be a part of something that is so much bigger than yourself? Do you want to be a part of a movement that is going to partner with God to change lives for his glory? Do you want to be a part of a movement that will positively impact this world for Jesus Christ? This is the vision. This is the dream. These are the things for which we ought to be praying. These are the things for which we ought to be working. And we will use words like commitment, influence, unity, and family. God has an expectation of his people. And it is time to raise our hands and say, here we are. Send us. Use us. No longer will, be, will we be a church whose vision is to keep the doors open from week to week. We will be a movement that is committed to influencing this world for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for the church. And the least that we can do is to give our all in order that we have, and everything that we have, in order to fulfill the dream of changing the world. But Sean... We're just a little church in a little town in northwest Indiana, a state that no one even knows exists. We're just a little group of people, maybe uh, 175, maybe 200, maybe 250 people all together if they were to show up every Sunday. We're just a little group of people. How can we change the world? Jesus started a movement with 12 men. Jesus started a movement with 12 men that has become a movement that has changed billions of lives. We have 20 times that number. We have 20 times 12. And you're going to tell me that we can't do it? You're going to tell me that we can't get excited? You're going to tell me that we can't fulfill God's dream? 
With the power of God's Holy Spirit within us and with God's grace, we will change the world one heart, one soul, and one person at a time. So let's break it down. What is this statement that we're talking about? We are a movement committed. I want to stop right there. I want to stop right there. Commitment is defined as a pledge or as an engagement. We are pledging ourselves to find to five verbs that we believe that dis, that we believe describe what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We are engaging in a movement that is greater than ourselves. We are committing ourselves to a dream, God's dream of a movement that will change the world for Jesus. We are a movement committed to believing in God the Father, His Son Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit while following their leadership in our our lives we're committed to faith in hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says without faith it is impossible to please god we believe in the trinity of god the father god the son and god the spirit but we do more than believe that they just exist the bible says in the book of james that even the demons believe that god exists we will follow and we will submit to the leadership of them in our lives the leadership of god in our lives god must be god and he must have total control over us we must submit ourselves to God, as it says in James chapter 4, verse 7. We are followers of Christ. He is our leader, and he is our Lord. We submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In John chapter 16, verse 13, he wrote that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. We are committed to faith, and we are committed to following. The next part of our vision statement reads this. We are a movement committed to reflecting God's glory in our lives, both as individuals and as a family. We are committed to worshiping and honoring God. We reflect his glory and we shine his light into this dark world. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we reflect the Lord's glory and are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which is from the Lord who is the Spirit. In other words, we are becoming more and more like Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we become more like Jesus, we reflect his glory more and more. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, God made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. God has given us the light of the knowledge of his glory, and we reflect his glory to this dark world. Philippians says that we shine like stars in the universe. When you take a look at the sky at night, when you go outside and you take a look at the sky and it's a clear night, you see nothing but darkness and all these tiny little stars poking through shining their lights that's how we are to be in this dark world we shine our lights we're like those little lights in the universe just shining and shining and shining and that's what we do we reflect god's glory we shine god's glory to this world we are committed to honoring god and shining his light we are a movement committed to uniting as a family that works prays and worships together where every member is loved and valued we have been working on becoming kind of an ideal family of Christ followers for quite a while now. We want to be a family of believers in Jesus. Jesus died on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. His prayer before he gave up his life was that his people would be one. We talked last week about how the world will know. The world will know that we are his followers when we truly love one another. It is our dream that everyone in our family is not only accepted and not only welcomed, but that you are loved and valued. We want you to know, we want you to know without, a, without a, a shadow of a doubt that you are valuable to God and you are valuable to this family of believers. You, where you sit, right there, you are important. Say it, I am important. I am important. Do you believe it? Amen. You are important. We cannot accomplish this dream. We cannot accomplish this vision without you. 
If Jesus was willing to die for you, then you are worthy of love and value. We are a movement committed to influencing the communities in which we live by changing lives, breaking down walls, and meeting their needs. We believe that God wants to change the world. I believe that with my whole heart, that God wants to change the world. We believe that God wants to change the lives of people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And as we are changed, we become a part of a movement that is out to influence the world for Jesus Christ. We want to reach out into the communities in which we live with the love and the good news of Jesus. You may live in Hammond, you may live in Highland, you may live in Crown Point, you may live in Griffith, you may live in Cherville, you may live in Gary. We want to influence those communities for Jesus Christ. We have preachers and we have missionaries that have been sent out from this church. We want them to influence their communities for Jesus Christ. We support missionaries around the world like Phyllis who came and spoke to us this morning. We want them to influence their communities for Jesus Christ. This is a global vision of of Christians influencing their communities for Jesus Christ. Jesus said that his followers would be his witnesses to Jerusalem, to all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We influence our communities in three different ways. We change lives. By the power of God, through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, and through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, lives will be changed for God's glory. We will break down walls. We will break down walls of hatred, prejudice, injustice, and oppression. We believe that Jesus died for everyone, and everyone needs his love, regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of gender, regardless of age. Everybody needs Jesus' love. We believe that we will break down walls with the love of Jesus. We will love everyone and we will serve everyone so that lives will be changed. And we will meet the needs of the people in our communities. Jesus fed people. And then he shared with them the good news of the kingdom. Jesus healed people. And then he shared with them the good news of the kingdom. Jesus loved people. And then he shared with them the good news of the kingdom. We will meet the needs of the people And then we will share with them the good news of God's kingdom. We will see lives changed, and we will see families changed, and we will see communities transformed by the power of God. Finally, we are a movement committed to finishing this race, winning the prize, and hearing the words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Listen to Paul's words from 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. My friends, we are not running in vain. There is, there is a prize at the end of life's journey. We are running this race towards a Christ, of the Christian life, towards a goal, a prize. In the parable of the talents in the book of Matthew, Jesus likened his return to a property owner who had entrusted his servants with a great deal of money as he went on a journey. Upon his return, he rewarded those who had been faithful with his investment in them. He uttered these words, Well done, good and faithful servant. It is our dream. It is our goal that the day that you stand face to face with Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the one who died for your sins, that on that day when you stand before him and you see him face to face, that Jesus will look at you with a great big smile on his face. And he will say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. Good job. Welcome home. 
That is our dream. That is our goal. That is our vision. That is what we want to see happen. We are a movement. We are a movement. We are a movement. Say it with me. We are a movement. By the time that Jackson Rogers turned 10 years old, he had already built a house. 10 years old. He didn't build it with hammer and nails. He built it by raising $43,000 for Habitat for Humanity. Now, how in the world can a 10-year-old kid raise $43,000 for Habitat for Humanity? Let me tell you how he did it. He, uh, he undertook the project in February of 2006 when he accepted $100 and a challenge from his pastor, the Reverend Rich Ken Wisher, at First Presbyterian Church. My pastor gave me $100 and told me to do something good to help someone. So he accepted the challenge. The congregants were told to use the money for good and then report on what they did. At first, his father, David Rogers, was hesitant for his son to take up such a daunting task, but Jackson was determined. I was discouraging him to volunteer because I didn't know what the pastor intended, but he pulled away from me and ran down there. Jackson said he knew exactly what he wanted to do. He wanted to help a homeless family, but he wasn't sure how to go about it. I talked to my dad. It took two or three months to get the idea, he said. And what they come up, came up with was a letter-writing campaign seeking donations and explaining that it cost $50,000 to build a house for Habitat for Humanity. He then wrote a letter in his own handwriting on notebook paper. I used $100 to buy stamps and paper, he said. I sent out 200 letters, mostly to friends and family. And his efforts got an unexpected boost. A woman was so touched by his letter that she passed it on to several of her friends and colleagues. Soon people from Tennessee, Virginia, and Idaho were sending in checks. The 170 people who responded made the effort worthwhile, contributing $43,000. When the congregation at First Presbyterian learned that the little miracle worker was $7,000 short of his goal, they chipped in the rest. Everyone who hears about his achievement is amazed. As his mom, Deborah, said, a little person can do something real good. You don't have to wait to be an adult. Even more impressed was Stephanie Ramirez, whose family received the house that Jackson built. When the Rogers family came out on the first day of construction, Ramirez was amazed to learn that her benefactor was only 10 years old. My kids are so happy that a little guy out of the goodness of his heart could do this. It's one kid. One 10-year-old kid changed someone's life. What can a movement of 200 or 250 people do? What can a movement of brothers and sisters in Christ who are united by God's love, what can we do to change the world? What can we do to bring God honor and glory? What can a movement of Christ followers do who are filled with the power of God's Holy Spirit? What can we do to influence the world? What can a movement of believers do? Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move here, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. I think the better question is, what can't we do? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the vision that you have inspired within us. Thank you for the the, the weekend that we had to, to go away and to talk and to discuss and to wrestle and to read and to learn and to hear from you. 
I pray that, God, that you would help us to grasp the vision that you have for us, that you would help us to grasp the dream, to capture the vision, and that, God, we would go forth from this place. We would be so excited to be partners with you to change this world, to change the communities, to transform lives by the power of Jesus Christ, that, Father God, that today would be the day, this would be the starting line, that we would run the race, that we would win the prize, that we would stand before you and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Father, give us the power of your Holy Spirit, give us the power of Jesus' name to change this world with your strength, with your power, with your uh, energy, with your spirit, Lord, there is nothing that we cannot do for your glory. And that's what we want to do, to give you honor, to give you praise and glory. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.